Hello and welcome to the Long Way Home podcast. I'm Leo Marish Gale. And I'm Hannah Ferris. And in this podcast, we talk about the everyday encounters that inspire and shape our lives. Whether it's life abroad, travel, passion, or purpose, join us as we try to figure it out along the way. Hello! Yes. We're back in the studio. Yes! <laughs> studio. So th- the past two episodes were recorded. In a cafe. In a cafe. Late and night. And it's, it's refreshing to actually not hear any ambient noise in our monitor headphones. So expect a quiet episode. And more, I think, quality recording. This actually, time. actually. Because I get, I get conscious, you know this, that I get conscious when speaking with in all public. those people passing by. True, true. So I end up speaking Tagalog 80% <laughs> of the time. Which we're trying to fix and because we're getting quite a few feedback from our friends over here in Dubai. That they could so, understand what we're saying. Yeah, so we're trying to serve everyone. <laughs> so we're speaking more in English for you guys. Very excited. No, I'm not excited. <laughs> How about my Actually, feelings? Yeah. Okay, How about my feelings that I couldn't translate into English? Okay, so recently... I've been getting into discussions about what a college degree actually means and or how it is important to everyone, to people like us in this age. And there's this one person who, he's not of our age group. He's like older, older, 40s kind of person. I think he's about yeah. the age of my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. But he always, whenever we get into these college degree kind of conversations, he would go about saying, what do you, I mean, everything you learn about or you tackle in college is something that you can learn outside or say YouTube or by yourself mm. or you could take like short courses on it. You don't need to enroll in a university to learn. So is it basically him asking, is a, it's a basically college him degree valuable? Ah, okay. Concluding that you that don't need a college degree mm-hmm. to learn. this Because he's a creative as well. Yeah. And I kind of identify, I kind of agree in him in a sense that when I was in college, mm-hmm. I I resorted to YouTube a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I but, but 90% I don't agree with him. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't know what to search in YouTube if I didn't, have like an outline of, a of what to study. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the feedbacks from my classmates mm-hmm. and all of that. Yeah. So I kind of disagreed with them. So this week, we're going to talk about stuff we wish were taught in college. Yes, there is a lot that we didn't address in college, I feel. Yes. And that we're, right now, we're struggling how to do it or how to hashtag adult yes so but is the university responsible for us knowing but i wish i just the things that we're going to talk about today are the things that was included in the curriculum like just a small you know how back in elementary we would have um a subject on home something like homemaking Home economics. Yeah, home economics. Like, why was that relevant? I mean, I knew how to solder um, circuit boards. But it makes sense that you might need to learn how to sew in the future. So we had that in elementary. But in college, uh, I wish there was something. I wish there were basics to like the next level in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At least in the first Mm -hmm. year Mm -hmm. in college. Yeah, that's true. Okay. One thing that really affects like one thing that i've realized that i really needed to know back then or at least when i was grad about to graduate from college is um budgeting money oh you know finance financial things like stock market and whatnot investing basically even in college i was bad at budgeting i used to get my allowance every month and i already set aside my savings. Mm. It was easier mm. to get it yeah. monthly than weekly, which, you know, some people... I think it depends on yeah. the person. It depends on you in, in the end. Mm-hmm. 
but but back then do you were you like tracking your finances your budget no college this is college college yeah i wasn't tracking down my expenses but i was making sure i set aside some money but the thing is that money that i set aside always ends up going somewhere i don't know i for, i forget so in the end i still don't save up that's the thing i i did I you sh- have a I, i don't remember if i had a bank account then yeah but yeah i had a bank account then but it's not as i didn't know much about it back then until i have i had it now like i can actually track my expenses through through the app it it's now it's for me it's so simple it's so simple to to track my expenses and like see where my money is going and see how much i'm actually saving back then i just know i get money and then i spend money so but it's irresponsible of me back then mm. what was the way for you to learn how to budget better was it just through experiences or was it um through people around you who are actually teaching you how to do things or budget better mm, it's i never really took people's advices on budgeting seriously even though i searched for it online and blah 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 I think I developed my own way of air quotes budgeting mm. because of necessity. It it that's for, currently or back then. Currently, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, same. I have. Um, I know I have to pay for rent um, every month, so I know I have to sacrifice some things. You know, mm. just just yeah. moving my yeah. money around. I mean, just just spending where I should. S- spend and i think especially now that we're working it's more valuable to know where our money is going like mm-hmm. if you want to know where your money is going you actually and what you want to do with that money like if you have plans of traveling of saving up for your future of like daily necessities paying rent there's a lot of things to consider yes it helps a lot when you know where you're going at least for the year mm-hmm. because if not i mean you're just living for yeah the week you know because i used to live like that in college okay my mom's gonna send me eight thousand pesos this month what mattered to me was okay i just need to have at least a thousand pesos by the end of the month i mean that's that's mm-hmm. that's like the critical If I reach 1,000 pesos, I have to stop going out. I have to stop what I'm doing because I don't want to get broke. You know, I need that emergency money. So I knew when to stop spending. That That's how I know when to stop spending in college. That, ah, I only have 1,000 pesos in my wallet, so I can't spend anymore. That's pretty messy. And that's how you don't get to save up. And And when you're working... You put in our actual hours of your life into that. And then you're earning money. And if you, for me, if, if I don't know where that money goes, I feel like I lost all those years mm. of, of just working and like not investing into something. Mm-hmm. So like I wish investing or, or stock market were, were like taught in college. So... I actual I I have actual life goals or a life plan on where this money goes. I always joke about the stock market. Mm-hmm. Like I always say, <laughs> I, this is why I always hate waking up at say eleven a.m. or twelve yeah. a.m. because I have this line that I always say. Ano bayan eleven na magsasara na yung stock market at three p.m. So basically, I said yes. Basically, I said. I hate waking up at 11 or 12 because the stock market is going to close at about 3 p.m. And basically, the world has moved on already. People have gained or lost money. And <laughs> here I am just waking up or just woke up. So, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I wish investing or or this actually the specific steps or the specific options where I could I could leave or put my money into passive income. I wish that was taught in college. Passive income. 
passive income. Uh, ano yun? Passive income is basically say... See, see, I wish... Okay, now Hannah's teaching me stuff. I'm excited. <laughs> passive me. income like... Oh, you invested in... I don't, I don't know if I'm getting this right. I'm just describing yeah, yeah. this as per myself. Um, say you invested in a restaurant and then, you know, the, the money... It's like money that you don't even mind anymore. But then your bank accounts get uh, uh, income that you don't even notice every, you know, mm-hmm. unlike your salary you get every month. But but that money say... But like, it's like savings. But you don't... What do you mean? No, savings is something you on, pur- on purpose put aside. But that passive income, it just goes into your bank account without you... I mean, it's not... It's passive. You don't mind it anymore. It's ah, okay, not the okay. main source of income. Okay, gets, gets. Yeah. That's, that's... I wish I had those options. I wish people told me there's a thing as passive income or investments. How many... How many... Do, did you have like an extensive economy... Economics class back in college? I just no. remember having one economics class. And back then, parang... And back then, it's like we didn't give much thought into it. Or yeah, like as, as students, you don't really care what. I didn't put so much thought into happening. it that I didn't even attend my midterm exam. <laughs> and it's it's part of the last year in college where you're busy with thesis, so you're like. I really, I, I I took the economics class in my first year of college. Oh, That's why. That is okay. why. Okay. So for us, it was like um, we're busy with other things, so we'll just put this aside and you know it wasn't um put into so much importance but mm. i wish like we had more classes about yeah. it but it was so technical for me and even for us because like, i think it's important like to market discuss equilibrium the, demand supply mm-hmm. and i didn't know how to apply that in my personal life i yeah, wish exactly, i wish they exactly. they, they um, elaborated how i could apply i don't know the concept of demand and supply in it, my own mm-hmm, life mm-hmm. or in like in the most micro kind of life mm-hmm. not exactly in a bigger picture or not not in terms of just putting up a business yeah that's why i didn't i didn't really and even uh, yeah i'm also curious how e- economy works in the global scale Mm. Like I feel like if I if I hear adults talking about it, like I'd get like slices of what they're talking about. But then when they're talking about it as a whole, I'm like lost. What's happening? What are we talking about now? So yeah, I wish I wish that was taught in college. But my mom, my parents are actually playing a role currently with my investing oh that's nice thing mm. they're helping you out on mm-hmm. i mean i think this is the time of my life where i should listen to my parents because everything they say about money just makes sense right now and and i see i see the effects because they've done it they've invested in land and and now the money is about to go back to them yeah good thing I, I i i saw it with my own eyes because i wouldn't take other people's stuff seriously i'll be like oh because they're just rich they probably i don't know probably have high incomes and whatnot but but i know how much my parents were were earning and for me to see the product of their investment makes me appreciate and makes me wanna do it my own way as well investing so yes investing is the way to go guys so yeah for me it's really important to have as you said like with your parents to have a mentor or Mm. someone someone to teach you how to do these things Mm -hmm. and it's either that or like with most things and being an adult you just learn it along the way guidebook um economics for dummies Mm. Actually, investing is one of those long-term goals that I wanna achieve. Mm-hmm. If not a ne- if not a necessity, mm-hmm. but investing is just like one of a million long-term goals that I have. Yeah, exactly. It's like setting up a goal. There's so many aspects into it. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's financial, it's personal, it's relationship, it's career, career, it's it's your health. What do you want to achieve? I want to achieve in ten years. a lot of things to have to consider. So another thing I wish people taught me back then was how to prioritize or how to keep up, how to track life goals, or how to how to just set goals. You know Basically, what? The importance mm-hmm. of of writing, not really writing, but like at least knowing where you're heading in life. Actually, one of the one of the practices that we learned, I think, in school or like in college or in the in those, you know, how we have retreats that I found that actually worked is when when in in these retreats they would a- ask you to write two year plan of what you want to achieve, and like it's 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 this huge poster that you write you write okay, what I am now. What I want to be in in after two years or five year five year plan, and um, what kind of life I want to live? How am I gonna live that life? How am I gonna what am I gonna work on to achieve that type of life? And actually putting that on paper and having and and having like photos or like like a vision board. It's basically a vision board. I find that it actually works for me. And I think beginning January this year, I was stuck with what I want to do with my life. Like, am I still achieving the goals that I want to achieve within five years or within two years? And I was like, I'm going to go back to my roots, to what I what I learned in school. And even if this is like a kindergarten or like a very silly experiment or yeah. So I just went ahead and did that and I find myself that I'm still sticking-ish, oh, trying to stick into that goal. And I see it every morning. I put it on my on my um in front of my desk and I and it just reminds you of it 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 reminds you and makes you accountable of what your actual long-term goals are. So that's what I haven't gone into yet, yeah. writing my goals. Mm-hmm. Like super but I just know but I have my my two year goals, mm. but I don't have my ten year goal yet. I think ten years. Whoa. It's too much. At least five years. Yeah, yeah. Five, five years. years. I don't. I don't have it. I only have my two year goal, mm. and I'm not getting anywhere near my two year goal. <laughs> and actually, the thing with these goals, they say that a lot. That okay, you have these goals, and sometimes you don't find that you're actually achieving some of them and that's fine because that's that's part of the process sometimes you get you take a left turn and it it wasn't supposed to be a left turn but it's fine it's you're just how do they say it's like um say a detour yeah it's like a detour Mm. but like it doesn't mean that you're not gonna get there Mm. yeah it's a detour it's fine mag ano mag drive through lang sa makdawa so you write <laughs> drive um so you write your goals down, mm-hmm. but how do you check up on yourself from time to time? Do you want check yeah. oh, I have done mm-hmm. this to mm-hmm. achieve that? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. I literally have nothing to say about mm-hmm. tracking down goals because mm-hmm. I don't do that yeah. and i'm I hate myself for that but how do you how do you do it so this this vision board that I have I've been I've been wanting to do it like 2018 since mm-hmm. 20, since 2018 and I finally sat myself down that even if it, I don't I have just I had just an hour to create it and so I had this vision board but to answer your question it makes sense to have um small tasks mm-hmm. that are achievable so mm. so it's not too big of a goal to how 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 do you um, evaluate whether you're achieving the, the actual goal. So I find that writing small tasks on how to achieve uh, how to achieve this big goal is more accountable and like I can evaluate myself. Mm. One of my goals was um, to build a network, to learn how to build a network um, this year. To learn. Yeah. So the small tasks under that is like go to more events or go to more workshops. So 
when I did like two of those things, I'm okay. I feel like I'm working towards my goal. So, and it's and actually writing of it or creating a vision board or pre preparing your long-term goals, it's, it's it can be quite scary because it's. Don't you feel that? Like it's such a big thing. I think that's me all the time. That's why I don't have my mm -hmm. vision board or my goals list. What helped me to create it is I just asked myself in five years, what kind of life do I want to live? Mm. So for me, okay. For me, it can be something, always, for example. I, I do have that though. Like what I, what I want to be or like what the, what is the kind of life that I want to lead. But mm -hmm. every time I think about it, I just, there's like a plethora of ideas, of steps, of mm. everything that I need to do. And I just want to do everything at the same time. I, I want to do everything and nothing at the same time because I get overwhelmed. Yeah. Either either I try, I take on too much for a certain amount of time and then I just end up digging my own grave or I do nothing and I don't progress in life and feel and feel irresponsible and feel regret mm. later on. That's the push and pull of m me trying to like set my goals up. But like you, for me, it's just imagining yourself in a simple way where where you wanna where you where you see yourself in five years. For example, I know this um, writer surfer that I love. Um, she was a teacher before and she was doing a lot. And then she just asked herself what I want to be doing in five years. And she she said, I just want to live near the beach and then maybe work for a few hours, like six hours of that day. And she just quit her job, moved to La Union, started up a cafe. So it's cafe. But what steps did she take to finally be it's able her to quit her job? That scares me. Because do people just quit? Or did they that's, say... That's what you have to write down. Like, that's when you... Ha that's how you achieve your goals. By, like, writing the small task. Mm. I, have to, I have to achieve this amount of money for me, for me to live without work for a year, for example. Mm. So, that's yon. me. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only goal that I've written down. Just small achievable tasks. I yeah. feel I feel that's that's the way to go. Small uh, small victories. Career Ent until you see it piling up and you are actually achieving something. Yay! Yeah. Career wise, I just don't see myself yet on what I you mean, want to do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I don't see myself in ten years. Like what my career would be like that's in five fine. years. Maybe maybe you're looking it into career too much into the career. Mm -hmm. career side of it or yeah but maybe you might want to consider looking into what skills you want to have in a few in years a few years yeah like what you enjoy what you actually enjoy doing and how you can create money out of it or like business out of it i think this is the part where i stop talking because i'm having an existential okay, okay. crisis <laughs> <laughs> literally i i can i can write the whole article about no it's my... it's it's very it's such a huge it can lead you to a huge dark void so like you have to take it easy on yourself i think in setting up life goals mm -hmm. having having people having having people who could who could help you out have them in your circle it's gonna like it's a great help oh yeah it's a great thing to have but how do you how do you actually get to meet those people? I mean, college is the easy way out. It's like you have your set of friends there and they could be something after college and they could be journalists, they could be designers, they could be nurses and whatnot. And that's your instant network. But how do you, how do you make that effort to actually go out there and meet people with a totally different perspective they're probably from a totally different school mm. or are they from a totally different um workplace industry but how how does one get get on that like start networking because because in college i mean i obviously had i i didn't have my org but i i joined several groups and i did my my couple freelance stuff as well 
And that's how I started to network. But I wasn't able to maintain that network. So it's like, I wish someone told me back then that networking is essential. And what are the aspects of networking that's going to be advantageous? Is that word? Mm -hmm. For me in the long run. Because all I... I mean, the way I saw networking before, it's it's super petty. Like, yeah, me but, too. Like, I, had I, have, I have to have like this friend from that and that friend so I could get help from her when I need. And it, uh, yeah, and it makes me feel like everything's business wise, lang, mm. and that it's like you're 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 trying to be nice to me because you want something out of me. That's how I yeah. thought what networking was. And another definition of networking for me was. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? A pyramid scheme. Pero I had I have the same idea. Like, pero I mean, I mean that that was that was how I heard of the term. I mean that that's how I got to familiarize myself with the term networking. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought networking is is equivalent to that pyramid scheme. I think it is. But it then, is networking, but like. It's the bad type of the networking. The bad type of networking. Yes. Yeah, like, that's how I got into it. You're and then taking I advantage realized, of people. Yeah, I, that's how I realized that, no, networking is actually, you know, reaching out to people, selling yourself or listening to others. Yeah, and helping and each just, other yeah, out. helping each other out and just connecting, like making use of each other's skills mm-hmm. and whatnot. But how how do you think networking is essential to you as a professional or as a creative I think it's it's very essential in the way that if I there's something I need for work mm. and that I'm not able to get that within my close circles or within within just work if I just talk about it within my network like they'd be able to recommend me things or like people that hey this is this is the, this is the perfect person for your project but I wish I wish I I know how to do that how to how to charm people, sort of, and mm. how to act in social situations where I can, I can promote my work and be of value to them. Diba? I've always That's how because I listen to a lot of travel podcasts mm-hmm. or um, what they call this um, being location independent podcasts, um, location independent ah, meaning okay. mm-hmm. freelance yeah. remote work, and um, they always talk about. At least in the oh no 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 it's actually general. Um, they always go to these conferences or like expos, travel expos yeah. or podcaster gatherings, podcasting conferences, um, remote job expos, something like that. And and they always say that in the, those are the events that are best to get your like to expand your network. network yeah and i don't know how they do that like how do do i just enter the the event hall and start saying hi to people like how i mean if, especially especially if i'm going to start doing it because i'm not doing it at all but how for a complete starter with zero network exactly. how does one go in <laughs> that how, how does one go to that event and it's overwhelming to actually start putting effort in networking so what i end up doing in life right now is waiting for people to, to recommend you waiting for people to how do i say this like wait for them to come to you come to my life yeah <laughs> waiting for them to arrive at the doorstep or whatever and i think that's that one thing that as an adult or at least as a creative, I need to work. And I wish some professors have clearly told me specific steps. Yeah, and how, how valuable it is. At least actually. in the Philippine setting, even. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the thing with me is, so if I'm going to a networking event, I'm really bad at promoting my work. Because mm. I prefer like letting my work speak for itself, but in like events where you're supposed to talk to people, socialize. Mm. Here I'm like, see this, <laughs> just see this thing that I did, and but, but yeah, it makes sense to network and actually talk about your work and why you're doing it. I think that's why it's 
valuable. I always I try to practice that in the mirror. Like, oh, that's yeah, that's a, such a good I, I always seem confident in front of the mirror mm. by myself inside the bathroom, but outside I just I mean sweaty palms mm. and whatever. And you, I would just end up like blabbering the things that I do mm. without actually telling them why I'm passionate about this thing. I think I would do that. Like, so this is the thing that I did for this good reason. I always end up being being super literal. Literal. Is that how? What is literal in English? It's like literal. Yeah. Okay. I always end up being very literal, lang about what I do and what I'm presenting. Here's my work. Um, I've worked there for, I've worked on this for how many years and this is what I did for Yeah, that, without actually saying yeah, the why, that's, why yeah, you're doing that's, it. Yeah, that's not, I mean, I've I've read so many job interview kind of stuff. Like tips and how to ace your job interview. And I, I actually love those things. I never, I never... I never end up doing anything that they list there. What do you mean? Except dress accordingly. How you 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 read this these tips and you never yeah. actually follow it? Yeah. Very rare. I'm such a nerd when it comes to Is job it, interviews. Why? In what sense? In the sense that I, I I prepare super extra and I have like questions prepared in my head. Oh my gosh. I do I don't know, I just love it. I, I love the thought of that this is Against what we just talked about now, but I love talking to just a person and telling them why I love what I'm doing and why I'm perfect for this job. Weird, because you just told me that you you have difficulty selling It's yourself. completely opposite what I just said. I mm. don't know, Ludo. I just yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because for me, job interviews is the is the worst, 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 worst place for me to sell myself because like I'm in that job interview because I want to achieve something like I want either I want that job because of financial reasons or I want the job because I have my career goals and that's it's essential for me like it's a need for me to get that job that's how my thoughts work when I'm preparing for a job interview or like as I step into the room that's why I always end up you know getting anxious and all that I don't do well in interviews. I don't even know. I was just so lucky to have interviews with people who are super chill. Even even in um, even back in Hook, we were. I mean, our interview happened in the experience room, and we were sitting in two bean bags, and it was super chilled. And I got to speak in freaking Tagalog the whole time. And the next interview was f- my first interview. Oh my gosh, I. Actually, had so many interviews before Hook. I even, I even had an, this interview for this international ad agency that starts with the letter O. Gilby. <laughs> Gilby. <laughs> um, and and their office was in this proper, super nice building in Makati and. And Makati was not the place I frequented then. And actually, the upscale part, Rockwell. That's where their office was. And, syempre, this... Yung ate mo. Mm. Super nervous and stuff. Yeah. I think I was underdressed. And they made me go to this group presentation. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the, that. that was the point. And you have to present what yeah, you did yeah. in a group. And that was the time I thought I... I don't think I'm right I'm, for this. I'm right for this because some people were some someone was just so good at presenting she basically just pushed everyone in the group aside. And I don't know if that's how the interview the the exercise was supposed to work like who's going to shine mm. the most mm-hmm. because I had my fair share of contribution to that campaign mm-hmm. we quickly did. Yeah. But she was the one who talked about all of those things. Like, is this how the real world works? Um, a competition and whatnot. So, so I think, I mean, at at least at that time, I thought I wasn't right for advertising, and and that was like one of the. Well, I'm gonna say it's one of the best learning experiences I had in terms of getting interviewed. Mm-hmm. 
because yeah i mean that's that's how i realized that hey you've got the shine you've got to sell yourself properly it's a competition out there you're gonna get kicked out if you're not in the game but sometimes i find that sometimes they just they're looking also for a team member like not always the one who shines, shines the most or you know is the one who upstages everyone but they just want to see how you work in a team situation, maybe. Oh my gosh. But she was the one who got in. Like, who got... Maybe it was... There are so many different factors that we're not... Hiked. We can't conclude about. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, going back, I was really lucky to have experience. I think I've experienced so many... I mean, so many variants. So, like, a high variety of job interviews and i was lucky for every job that i got the hrs were super nice and super chilled and one of them ended up being one of my closest friends Mm -hmm. in the country yeah i think the most formal one formal interview i had was the one i have the job that i have now it's pretty pretty corporate and but but even in that job interview i didn't end up speaking about myself the interviewer was like oh this is what you have to do and this is what you're gonna do and this blah 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 this is the job this is what we do here so yeah it was pretty one of the most plain interviews mm-hmm. i've had what was the what was your most interesting but job I, interview? I haven't had a lot so i wouldn't i've literally just had one job <laughs> <laughs> One job, palang. so I wouldn't have like a lot no, of you interviews. Had two jobs. Th- those two were like internships, and then inter- from the internship, I got hired reg- as a regular. Ah. So but like still, you applying went as an uh, as an intern, I just needed to talk about myself, and then they just told me this is what we need you to do. Nothing extreme like okay how do you work in a team setting or how would you react to this situation if we put you in this blah 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 so nothing and my last interview with my current company super chill my boss is super chill he's literally he was just smoking the whole interview and i was like drinking orange juice so i didn't know this and I was like, what is this interview? Is this an actual interview or was it a test? Yours are like, literally, that was what happened. Mm. And I was like super prepared wearing my white, white colored shirt. And it was like, he's smoking, I'm drinking orange juice. I can imagine because I know this person yeah. you're talking about. And then you're probably dressed up for like an interview yeah, and Kim he's Jones. like super casual. Yeah. Team joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I think interviews are very important for both the company you're applying for and for yourself. Especially um you need to come prepared, that's one. Because you don't want to waste each other's time. And if you're actually going there to get the job, um might as well do your best. Because there's a lot of effort into finding a job or finding the right person for the job. And I wish my professors in college at least mentioned what? <laughs> how how hard life is. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> they're usually just very casual about it. Oh, when you graduate, you're going to be everywhere. going to be competing mm-hmm. for all these jobs. You're probably going to compete with your seatmate. But... I mean, they were just so casual about it that I was also so casual about it. I thought it's an easy thing. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how job interviews were like in my head. That's my idea of it for so many years. And nope, it's one of the hardest things I have to do in life. There's also one one subject that I I wish that people from college like tackled. I mean, social media is super, super, super relevant right now. I think in some universities, I think in France, they have like a social media class on how to use social media properly. Yeah, it's, I it's wish a proper we degree had that. now. At least the basics of that. Yeah. Or I like important, important introduction to it. I mean, I wish, I wish the experts could share the, the thought 
processes or why they formed Facebook or what Facebook is really for and how you can use it. Yeah, but the thing is, I think it's good that they're having these types of classes now. But back then during our time, I mm, think it's e- evolving. Pay. Yeah. And it was like still a thriving industry. I didn't know there. how I had friends who got who already had 5,000 followers on Instagram. And how do they deal with that? I mean, I, I used to think they were just proper famous and, and you know, good-looking mm. feed or they're just super sikat and they're friendly. They probably went on to these parties and followed everyone in the club. You know, that's how I saw social media back then. But right now, I, I, I'm in a phase where I want to... I want to give my five cents on this issue, that issue. And it's, I, th- I wish they taught basic journalism in college, mm-hmm. the same for everyone. Because getting facts, researching facts, and getting information out of people is something that is essential mm-hmm. for everyone, even for us, because we do research for our projects mm-hmm. and. I don't know. Even even tech people, they have to do um, research and they have to design for people. And how do they do th- that research? And basically, in in my in in the context of my life, mm-hmm. I just wanna be able to respond properly to current events that's being discussed yeah. online and and know what's know be able to know what the facts are how to get those facts right where do i where where do i get my information from and be able to digest that and react to it properly i guess especially now that everyone's putting out messages and mm. we never think twice that someone might be reading this and it might what i'm saying might not be accurate yeah and yeah, I wish we had like a journal journalism. The the comments class. the comments area is like I don't know, a pool of I just said stupid people. <laughs> I mean I mean come on, just just I wish people thought twice about what they wanna put out put there. Out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's public and I don't know. There, there's just so many, so many arguments that stemmed out from something that's not even not doesn't even, even right. make sense, yeah. and you just end up having petty points. And people that, just love talking on the internet. They have a term for for people who just who, who are just no, we're just um, it's matapang. Like keyboard warriors keyboard warriors oh, yes. there they're just they're just they have a lot of time all. yeah to yeah. just react on social media or, yeah keyboard warriors and trolls i hate those people that is why i, I never get that on reminds me of um this journal i was reading it's called um the title is called how do you think deeper in a shallow world wait okay really um let's Please give me the link to that so I put it in the show notes for myself. Yeah, how do you go deep in a shallow world? So they were talking about, um, so you know how social media is such a big thing now. And like, we we just forget to think. We're always scrolling, scrolling, and then tabs, tabs, tabs. Oh my gosh, I literally have like I have three, like six, ten tabs. nine 12 tabs open right now. <laughs> and and we just get like a just a, like the 10% information from one tab and like we never really think about what we're consuming. So I wish there was a proper class. Yeah. I I wish like the students now that who are still in school are are, are getting to have that course. Mm. Sana mer- UST please keep up. <laughs> Benil, please keep up. <laughs> but we ha- oh, at least for my course, we had writing classes, technical writing, script writing, creative writing. But did you have journalism too? No, no. Just creative writing. No? Creative writing. But, yeah, but we but have the same. I but wanted, like, dinanan lang. Yeah, what I what I wanted to tackle in the super basic 
journalism class is just to just to get the how to get the facts straight mm-hmm. and how to get information out of people and how to share it in the proper way. I think obviously there's going to be exercises where you're forced to keep up with current events mm-hmm. or like research into this topic and blah 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 but th- that's why I wish journalism classes were I mean it's really relevant to what I did back in college and I think one thing about journalism I think I don't remember but like it's in the principles of journalism where you have to be unbiased that's not the term impartial being fair yeah being fair you have to give out you have to be fair in what you in how you put out your story impartiality everyone has their own biases their own perspectives but i wish people are able to discuss on public or at least with their friends Mm. in a way that's i mean objective and they, I wish that people have looked into the their the the the, the other person's perspective perspective and put that into consideration before you know going all out and probably being biased all the time. Recently, I was in a photography workshop, and she was a documentary photographer. And one of the questions the audience asked was like how do you be impartial with your photographs? How do you present it to people without with without your judgments being clouded? It's it's very important that you consider all perspective and that you're and how you especially how you caption things, she was telling me. Mm. Um know the story, hear hear the story from the the, the people who are actually experiencing it and Tell it how how it was to people without like without you putting that's why it's without you putting in your own opinion into it that's why it's so important how you use words and why it's journalism is so important I mean I work for a publishing company and i mean i i i have I have stuff that I wish would change with the way how my magazine mm. is being put together. But I won't delve into that. I mean, <laughs> come on, I'm still working there. But I, there are some things that I wish would change with the way how how my team is putting together the magazine. Or, may, or maybe I would just have to accept that, you know, some some publications are meant to be put together like that. That's why I love independent magazines so much. And I love reading unpaid content. You know what I mean? And there's this magazine called Offscreen that I recently just bought. It's basically about... um, It has interviews from people from the tech world and blah, blah, blah. Offscreen, basically, you know, what they think about the the, the life outside of their screens. Something like that. Mm, Okay. And the way show notes. show notes, and the way the way the magazine is being monetized or being supported, sponsored, it's like these brands uh, affect how the magazine could they, they, work. They they know they're not intrusive. That's what I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna put it. They have their spaces there, but they don't put out their own. I mean, the off screen make spaces for these sponsors and Patreons in their own way. They write about these brands, how they helped the the magazine thrive and what they do good as a service. And it's in and it's designed in their own way. It's 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 in the pages that are not, you know, it's not beside this super nice feature about I don't know something. They're 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 together in a section where it says Patreon sponsors, and I really looked. I really look up to magazines that are like that. But you know, obviously there are magazines for the big people that that needs to sell. That needs to sell, basically. <laughs> basically, just goes to show that 
don't be biased. <laughs> Everything I said, that's my end point. The same thing could be said for, or can be up. The same thing from the lessons from art criticism can be applied to how we actually view content or put out content. Is what they say a lot is how you how the artist intended the art to be is different from how you would actually view the art. So you're basically seeing an artwork and your experiences, your judgments, uh, your your experiences cloud your judgment, basically your ideals in life, your perspective. So it, that's why it's important to look at art or any content, basically, and basically think deeper. Why? Why? Why this is a thing? Why it matters? Why? Why this is shit? <laughs> so yeah. So going back to my my friend who said you could learn all of that even if you're not enrolled in the university. In a way, I kind of agree with him because there are just some things now. I mean, I'm just being very realistic right now at least for our age group that well that wasn't taught to us and in the larger scope you really just have to educate yourself about so many things and a lot of that you get from mistakes and be open to learning never stop learning in terms of, say, even skills or, or like, actual being street smart, street smart, or, I don't know, or just how to, how to cook. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of those you have to learn for yourself. College, college is not the only place to learn. To learn, true, true, I like that. There's a big world out there, and it's yeah. up to you to and if educate are, yourself. Yeah. And if there are people who, and if you're lucky to have people whom, who, who will mentor you. Value them. Yeah. Value, Push them value to them. teach you so many things. Yes. And never stop looking for people who, who inspires you. Either, either, in, either where you are or online or wherever. Because mm-hmm. you need inspirations in life. And, pa- and it's also important to pass down on to people. Yes. Like for for me, it, I find it so silly, and I feel I feel um, like I'm intrusive on everyone. I I feel like no one really cares when I'm on Instagram and posting about art and talking why why I like this curator or this certain exhibit because it's not a thing for everyone. It's not a subject for everyone, but I put it out there anyway. If so, if anyone is seeing it might be learning something so just i like i like people who just share what they've learned with you i, I it's, yes. super, it's super fun and they're just enthusiastic about it yeah. even if i don't know shit what you're talking about mm. i love people who shares what they love mm. even even if they have an inkling that you don't like it, yeah. they might have this feeling, ah, this person might not like it, but I'm going to share it anyway. Yeah. And I love those people who have the courage to share what they love. Most of the time, I end up liking whatever they give me because I'm pretty much open to anything. Learn from your neighbors. keyword warrior. This episode is brought to you by My Dubai Water. By Emirates Towers. (laughs) Youth Hub. (laughs) We have a very exciting experience to share with everyone. Mm -hmm. So Hannah and I were at a listening party and a workshop this week. Do you want to tell them about the podcast? It was hosted by a podcast called Kerning Cultures. And wala akong internet, so hindi ko mabuksan. I can't open their page. <laughs> Wait. Go, go, go. I'm afraid to get this wrong, so I'm just gonna read straight from whatever's on their website. Website or Spotify. Okay, so Kerning Cultures is 
Middle East radio documentaries of culture, history, current affairs, science, and entrepreneurship produced by these awesome people, Razan Alzayani. They want me to. They want me to enumerate everyone. But yeah, so we met the producer and the CEO. I think CEO, managing managing producer and CEO of Current Cultures. Very very kind people, nice people. Um, Hi, this is Heba. this is the part where we gush. <laughs> we very nice people, lovely people, fun people, <laughs> inspiring people. <laughs> Basically, we were start starstruck, starstruck because this was our first time attending something podcast yeah. related mm-hmm. in public, and actually trying make an effort to learn more about everything was a podcasting. first for me. For us, for this did podcast. Did you research about podcasting before we did no, this? No, actually, no. Before we did this. No, not at uh, all. What about... I mean, I've read about... I mean, I've been listening to podcasts yeah, for such a long time. And I've obviously looked into the craft, into the medium. And it's overwhel- overwhelming to research about it online. But seeing it in a local, a more local kind of context, that's where the actual inspiration or like jolt of energy jolt of drive came in and being able to interact with actual podcasters who are doing so well they've been putting out episodes since 2015 and that just made me want to do better in terms of storytelling and podcasting and being you know just the whole, everything related to the medium yes and actually i I learned so much from these two days. Like, for one, I didn't think podcasting was a big industry. Mm. I thought it was more underground, really, type of thing that I didn't think people actually listen. I mean, and Gimlet Media was recently acquired by Spotify. Gimlet Media, as in, you're, pro- you're probably listening to one of their episodes already, one of their podcasts, I mean. Reply All, Start Up, Crime Town, The Pitch, Mystery Show, Surprisingly Awesome. Not familiar? Mm. Really? They're like the cut on Tuesdays. Mm. I've, I've listened to one. Mm. They're pretty much big shot in the podcasting world, but it's a booming industry. So it's the way to go, guys. As, as creating cultures, Heba and Alex said that. Audio is the way to go. Audio is the way to go. <laughs> but it's one of the more refreshing ways to tell stories in this day and age. And that's why we're here. We are at Long Way Home Pod on <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> so yeah, the first day was a listening party. And we have Hannah and I haven't listened to their podcast before. We just went out there and tried to be a part of something podcast. And it was so to to hear a podcast, a, an episode with a bunch of strangers, and to react to that or like to have a discussion with that afterwards. It's it's very intimate, and you feel like you're 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 sharing a whole experience mm. with a bunch of strangers, and it's I don't know, it's evocative. Is that what do you mean? What's evocative? Evocative. Define. What's evocative? evocative? Let's just get our grammar straight in here. Evocative. Bring- Bringing strong images, memories, or feeling, mm. feelings to my ass. English 101. <laughs> Word for the episode. And like, we weren't sure what to expect when we went to that listening party. I, om- I almost was like chicken shit. Yeah. Like, do, do, do I come to this event or whatever? Because it was my press week and I was in deadlines and having to leave by 5.30 or 6 for to, for me to get to that event was something like... I mean, I could easily use my deadlines as an excuse not to go. But we went anyway. And that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in this lifetime. <laughs> Actually, I was telling Hannah... Um, after we left that I think I said this in our living in Dubai episode that really most of life happens when you just show, show up. up like yes. the things you didn't expect you would learn just, just, just show, show up. up we went for two consecutive evenings and they had this event 
at Apple at the Apple Store in Dubai Mall called Crafting Podcasts with Creating Cultures. And it's I mean it was a good it was a good compliment to the event that we went to the mm-hmm. night before because we went to the listening party and then then and then the following evening they went into the technical kind of how they prep for a podcast for a podcast mm-hmm. and it was such a refreshing evening because i th- i mean i was pretty much overwhelmed when i started um thinking about the technicalities of the podcast and and both of us were pretty much still overwhelmed with how to prep for storytelling how we how we form our topics and the flow of our our shows and having having someone right there in person not the internet speaking about their process again i felt inspired and, and I've, i i felt like i I learned so much. And for me, I think what was wrong before was I went into this project of ours not doing any research or just not doing any research what a podcast is, how it should be. Mm. And I just went for it because I I thought it was like super simple. You just need to talk in front of a mic and come up with episodes. I don't think you even thought about the editing. Yeah, exactly. And how many. So, So going into that workshop, was like oh there's so many aspects and it's an actual craft and which made me value it even more and made, made me want to work better for the podcast so yes. we are hoping to produce better stuff and better quality for you guys better quality episodes yeah i wish we could get to the point where we produce podcasts i don't think long way home will lead to that direction but probably in our lifetime we are able to produce a podcast that's worthy of a listening party like oh, how yeah, we yeah. did with Greening Cultures mostly I think for our format of the show I don't think long way home ra- ra- radio more yeah. radio talk there are like live live recordings that's more than listening parties really yeah I, I, I was listening to one in NPR mm. the episode with Glossier Emily Weiss was like a live episode and the audience oh were like, yeah, Glossier. Oh so that might be in the future. I can't imagine speaking live. I mean, the amount of silences between us when we try to like go from one topic to another. I mean, I think... We'll just I, mute I, I the don't people. Want to, yeah. <laughs> Pause. Yeah. Actually, my that that's so funny because I was talking about a listening party with my colleague and she was like, Oh, if you guys have a listening party in the future, I would be right in front with my big hat and just upstage you guys. And I love her. She's super supportive. I think people like us who are just starting out, I think we just really need feedback from people. So we're at Long Way Home. (laughs) We are at Long Way Home Pod everywhere. I hate the marketing side of it. I'm just not fit out to sell myself. So that's you. Okay, I'll be here editing this episode. But I think, ah, you guys, it's this is very important. If you like and support our podcast, if you think we're at least somehow 1% of your life or trying to make it better, tell three people about this podcast, maybe. that And subscribe to get the new, the latest episodes, to hear about the new episodes. Yes. Tell your friend. Tell three friends. Tell your colleague who's sitting on your right if you're in the office. Or tell your, tell the person in your, I mean, let the person in your passenger seat if you're driving listen to the podcast. I know some people who listen to the podcast while driving. Like, they drive from, from both, like, the opposite ends of EDSA. And that's like one episode. (laughs) So, thank you for listening. I hope. We have more passengers who get to listen to our podcast. And I'm also curious where, uh, like what context they listen to our podcast in. I like to listen to podcasts, like um, storytelling wise, when I'm washing dishes. Mm. So when you're listening to us, what are you doing? Or are you about to sleep? Are you you listening to us to fall asleep? I actually had one person who told me, she 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 sat down. I think it was one of the first Aww. episodes. She sat down with a cup of tea 
and listen to the podcast. Oh, that's I mean, nice. what? How? Yeah. I mean, I she proper absorbed. Yeah. She probably proper absorbed everything. I mean, oh I'd love gosh. to be friends with her. Oh my gosh. For someone, I mean, to know that someone's listening to our podcast and absorbing every word. I mean, they have their full attention. I mean, podcasts, I mean, I'm guilty of passively absorbing I can't, it. I can't. That's Driving or or during work. I mean, obviously during work, I pause it a lot of times yeah. or like rewind when I, I am not following anymore or my attention was elsewhere. But I listen to podcasts uh, at work most of the time, but never while doing nothing else. Ah, true. She's, she's so precious. So <laughs> I mean, beautiful. Yeah, precious, rare, rare species. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Again, we are at Long Way Home Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We would love to hear more feedbacks. We're, we're always surprised when we get feedbacks from people who we don't expect to be listening. Yes. We love so it if you want to do let it us know. Um, they listen. in private, you can just slide a DM. <laughs> Truly, we're pretty much on our Instagrams all day-ish. Except during the 20th to the During 25th of pitches. the month. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, we, we, we would love to have a discussion with everyone on whatever we talk about in the podcast or outside the podcast, anything. We, we love ourselves a good discussion on life. Thank you for listening. See you in our next episode. In